So we are in week six. We are in week six of our series, The Violence of Good. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and turn to Matthew. Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start with verse 25 through 34. It says this, Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Verse 27. Can any of you add one, mom- one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Can any of you add one moment to your lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. Verse 30. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all things, all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But this is what we want to get to. 33. But seek first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So our ability to do good comes from what we seek. Our ability to do good comes from what we seek. Daily anxiety is a product of dysfunctional seeking. So Jesus offers us an antidote. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Today we are dealing with what it looks like to have a kingdom mindset. We're looking at what it, what it looks like to have a kingdom mindset and a sightline. The violence of good takes place in our lives as we develop a heart and mind that seeks after Jesus and the way of his kingdom. So today I want to speak to you on the subject of hide and seek. Hide and seek as we deal with what it looks like to seek the kingdom of God. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the church, not just the well, but in the church globally. Father, we thank you, Lord, that all across the world today, people are gathered to worship you, your name, the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name. So, Father, today, that as, as I preach your word today, as I speak from what you have given me, Father, I thank you, Lord, I get rid of any anxiety, any fear, any worry that would hinder me from preaching to your people, your children. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen, amen. amen. So my first point, everybody shout number one. Seeking requires us to know who to seek. Seeking requires us to know who to seek. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says this. So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, everybody shout first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And I want to 
backtrack for a moment because a lot of people take this text out of context. We say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these material things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things that we want, that we find desirable on earth will be added to you. That's part of it, but that's not what Jesus is saying in this text. God is saying, who cares about what you're wearing? Who cares about what you're eating? Those things are earthly. Those things are earthly. I will give you those things, but I want your eyes to be on me. It's a kingdom perspective. What's important to him is what we are seeking, or in some cases, who we are seeking. What are we turning to? And um, I, get, I get this all the time. My friends always come up to me, and they, they always say, you know, Andrew, like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what to do. You know, like, this sucks. Like, this girl, man, I really want to date her, and I just don't know if it's the right one. You know, I just like, I don't know, man. What should I do? And I'm like, the first thing I always ask, and this is before I was a, a pastor, ever a pastor or doing any of this. Like, I would, literally, I would always ask. I would, I would say, well, have you asked God what to do? Like, your first, your first, our human instinct is just to go to the person that we're familiar with. It's to go to the person that we know will give us an answer that we sometimes want to hear. Right? And so I, I would always ask him, I'm like, well, did you ask God? Did you see God? And not to be all spiritual, but it's the truth. It's like, why, why are you coming to me first? And yes, it's, it's good to seek godly counsel. It's good to seek friends that are around you. They help you navigate through your life, right? But, but it's like if we're not choosing to seek first the kingdom of God, if we're not having a kingdom mindset, a kingdom perspective, then, then, then all these things, all these things that we're worried about and we're frustrated about, all those things, it, it, it kind of it blocks us. It kind of blocks us in, 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 in thinking and knowing who Jesus is. And so I always ask him, I'm like, don't, don't ask me. Like, go seek God. Go seek the word of God. Like, the word of God shows you everything that you need. And I love it because I believe that what Jesus is saying to us in this moment of scripture is to seek him. Seek him how? By getting into the word. This is like one of probably the most basic messages that I probably have preached so far. But it's one that we have to, to, to get a hold of in order to do good, to be the violence of good. And to do good in our city, we have to know how to seek. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God and everything will be added to you. And I also, I also love this in Ephesians. This won't be up there. Um, I just felt like just, just when I was in worship, I'm like, I need to share that scripture. I need to share that scripture. Ephesians 2, 6 through 7 says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is, this is Paul Telling, talking to, speaking to the church at Ephesus, giving them a heavenly perspective. He's given them a heavenly vantage point to see things how he sees them. So, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming of ages he might show us the incom, incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. And I started thinking about that as I was in worship. And God brought the story to my attention I was traveling, this was years back, I was traveling and I was going to, I think I was flying from Albuquerque going um, back to Tulsa where I was in Bible school and I was frustrated at the time. Like things in my life just weren't working out the way that I wanted them to work out. And um, I was so frustrated and I just heard this, this, this voice, which is the Holy Spirit. He said, turn to Ephesians 2. 
And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, you put it, you, get, you kind of put those things to the side. I'm like, okay, I'll turn to Ephesians 2. Like, oh, let's see what, what it has to say. And we, we, were, we were about to take off. We were on the tarp, and the, my flight was delayed. And I happened to have a window seat at the time. And um, he said, turn to Ephesians 2. And I was like, okay, I'll just read it. I've read it many times before, but I'm like, okay, what, like, what do you want me to, what, you, what, are you, what are you saying, Lord? What do you want me to get out of this? And so I read that, Ephesians 2, and I stumbled on Ephesians 6, 2, verse um, 6 and 7. And it says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I stopped for a moment, and I just started to think. He's like, okay, read it again. I read it literally like four times while just waiting. Or I thought it was delayed for 30 minutes. I just kept reading. I was like, okay, like, what are you saying? Like, hello, I'm here. Like, I'm listening. What are you saying, Jesus? Like, I'm like, hello, I'm waiting. And so I just, I was sitting down, and I'm like, okay, I kept reading it, kept reading it, kept reading it. And then finally, our plane started to take off. And I was, I had a window seat, and I was looking out. He said, look out the window. And you know how the runway, you, you just start going, and you have to kind of build up speed and momentum. And the, the, the plane started to take off. And he said, keep looking out the window. I'm like, I look dumb. Like, I was just looking dumb. Like, everybody started looking at me like, what is this dude doing? I'm like... Just staring out the window, like, what is he doing? And so I'm just looking out the window, and he's like, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. And I kept looking, and, and we kept getting higher and higher. And in that moment, God spoke to me, and he said, all your frustrations and your worries are so small. So small compared to the vantage point of where I'm looking at. And so I kept going, and I kept looking. And you know how you, you get on the plane, if you've ever been in a window seat, and you look out, and, like, you get higher and higher, and all the buildings get smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where you can't even see them. Like, you're in the clouds, and it's like, what, where are the buildings? You're just, you can't see anything anymore. And God said, that's how I see your problems. That's how I see the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're frustrated with. That's how I see them. And compared to my glory, in comparison to what I do, I see your problems so small. It's a kingdom mindset, a kingdom vantage point. And I love that. How it says in Ephesians, and God raised us up in Christ and seated us with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. I love that. You see, a lot of us have a kingdom mindset, but we only have an earthly perspective. Let me say that again. A lot of us have a kingdom mindset, but we only have an earthly perspective. Meaning, we, we want to have this kingdom vantage point. We want to have this kingdom mindset, but, but we only have an earthly perspective. So let me, let me just take this for instance. It's like if we're, we're sitting down here. We're sitting down here looking up. It's like we're dreaming. We're looking in the clouds. Oh, one day I wish that would happen. One day, Lord, I, I, dang, I, I wish I could make that happen in my life. You're looking up instead of looking down from his vantage point, the way that he sees you. We're looking up. We're looking up and, 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 and dreaming and having these things and, and saying, these, Lord, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But God's saying, no, I've given you, given you the kingdom mindset. You're seated with me. So that means I have a vantage point. That means I see everything before it happens. I'm seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So I love that. So we, we have to have a kingdom mindset, a kingdom mindset and a kingdom perspective. Somebody shout perspective. Perspective. I love that word. The word perspective means a particular attitude towards a way of regarding something. It means a point of view. To have a vantage point. Like, that just encourages me. That when I'm going through something, when I'm struggling, 
and I'm in fear and anxiety or something's happening in my life, I just sit back and say, okay, Lord, give me your perspective. Give me your eyes to see what you want me to see in this moment. A kingdom perspective. Kingdom perspective. I love that. In restaurant number two. Seeking requires us to be in pursuit. Seeking requires us to be in pursuit. Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. For this is the law of the prophets. I love that. The word pursuit, the definition of pursuit is the action of following or pursuing someone or something. The action of following or pursuing someone or something. Have any of you guys ever played the game hide and seek before? Yes. Some of you adults are like, yeah, we should play that today. Let's do it. So I happened to be in college, um, and I was at Bible school, and my friends had this bright idea. Like, my friends are just jokesters all through and through. Like, they like to prank each other. We like to do all kinds of stuff. So they're just rowdy, just a rowdy group of people. And um, we're like, yeah, let's, let's play hide and go seek. And then my friend Thomas, he had the bright idea. He was like, let's play hide and, let's change it up a little bit. Let's play hide and go seek in a parking garage. I was like, that's stupid. Like, no, we're going to get run over. Like, we're not going to do that. And he's like, no, let's try it. Let's. And so, like, we literally got a whole group. We got about 30 people together. 30 people, and we went to this, like, abandoned parking garage in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, we, would, we, would, we went there, and we started, we're like, okay, so we're going to do things a little bit different. Normally, you have one seeker. If you've never played hide and go seek, you, you have one seeker that goes out and tries to find somebody, right? But we had 30 people, and we were in this, like, three levels. This, like, parking garage was, like, three levels, so it was huge. And, like, we're like, there's no way one person's going to try to find every single person. So we had five seekers. We're like, okay, we'll have five, and then 25 people will hide. And so we go to the parking garage. We try to find an empty one, but it wasn't very empty. So there's cars going, and, like, we're just, like, just, like, trying to make our way through every, every, every car, like, not trying to get ran over. And so we, we played this game, and I happened to be the seeker for the first round. And so I was, okay, we count, you know, count to 60 seconds or whatever, a minute. And um, so we count, and we're like, ready or not, here we come. We're coming for you. And they can hear us. It's like three stories. It's like, what are you saying that for? But we counted, and we did our thing. And so, you know, you just go, you're like, you're on a hunt. You're like looking, you're looking, you're searching. You're like, okay, where are they at? Where are they at? Trying not to get ran over by cars and all this stuff. And so we kept just looking, looking, looking. And in that moment, like, I just, God gave me that story. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I get it. I get it. He's like, the seeker is always in pursuit. The seeker is always in pursuit. And then he said, the hider is, is usually the one that's just standing still. Sitting still, not doing anything not being active. And I love that picture because a lot of times we, 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 we're, we're the hider when it comes to us and God. 
Like God's chasing you down. God's trying to find you. He's trying to meet you right where you are. But we're just dodging him. We're dodging him. We're saying, nope, 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 nope. I don't, I don't want that right now. I don't, want, I don't want to live this lifestyle right now. And I love that picture because I'm like, like, Lord, like God is seeking each and every one of us. Like God wants to be in pursuit of you, your individual story. He wants to pursue you and what you have. And I love it how it says this in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. Seek. Everybody shout, seek. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. What God is saying here is, is that he won't open the door unless you knock on it. Sometimes we, we're like, okay, well, why isn't God doing anything in our lives? But we're not asking him. We're not seeking him. And get this. Picture somebody coming to your house. And, and they just, they come to you, they go walk up your steps. And they're sitting, or standing on your front door, but they never knock. It's like, okay, they're waiting. And they're waiting for you to answer. They're waiting. They're like, why aren't they answering? I've been sitting here for an hour. What's happening? Like, picture that. But God's saying, no, you got to knock. Like, in order to come in, you have to knock. You have to have an action. I love that. You can't just wait for something to happen in your life. It says, knock, and the door will be open. Seek, and you will find. And so we're going to have a kingdom mindset, a kingdom perspective. We have to know that we have to seek, we have to knock. That takes action on our part. If we're going to do the violence of good, what God is calling us to do in this city, reaching this city, we have to be active. What, with what he's called us to do. I love that. Knock, and the door will be open. How many times do we just, how many times do we just sit around and we don't actually have action? We don't actually take time to, to seek after what God wants for us in our lives. We don't take time to, to seek and, and ask him, Lord, like, what, what do you want me to do this day? Like, I try to make it an effort every single morning, and sometimes it doesn't happen because I'm human. And I try to make an effort every single morning. I say, Lord, like, lead me in this day. Lead me. Guide me. Show me what I need to do. Prepare me for what's next. Lord, I'm choosing to seek you in this moment. So I love that. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone. That doesn't say one person. It says everyone. He could have said some people. But he said no. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So that, that, that should give you enough courage to say, Lord, like I, I'm seeking you. And I know that you're going to work out in my favor. You're going to work out what, on my behalf, what, what I'm seeking you for. I think that it's going to happen. I'm seeking you. It's his promise. It's the word of God. So the word pursuit means the action of following or pursuing someone or something. It's that immediate, it's that con continual chase after him. It's that continual pursuit for the things of God. To have a kingdom mindset, to have a kingdom perspective, a kingdom vantage point. It's that pursuit, that chase after him. 
Many times we are waiting for God to seek us out, which he is, but maybe we are hiding. Maybe we aren't seeking, and we all have a story. We all have our, our story and how we, we got to Jesus and, and all of that. We all have a different story. We all have a different background. But maybe God is wanting us to, to seek him in order to do good. That's why we entitled this series, The Violence of Good. In order to do good, we must first have a kingdom mindset that is seeking him, a heavenly perspective, a heavenly mindset. I love that. Everybody shout number three. Seeking requires trust. Seeking requires trust. Proverbs 3, 1 through 6 says this. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life, and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. And I love this in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all. Somebody shout all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways, know him. In all your ways, know him. And he will make your paths straight. The word trust means firm belief in reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. A firm belief. A firm belief in him. How many of you guys use navigation? Five people in here are like, oh, I think I do sometimes. I, I hate navigation. I hate it. Because it stresses me out so much. All the time. Like, it just stresses me out. And so I remember just traveling. Um, me and my wife, we love to travel and we love to go out and, and, and go to new states and, and just experience new cultures and different things like that. And so I just remember, like, traveling, and I, you turn on the GPS, and you're in a new city, so you don't know anything about the city. You, know, you don't know where to go. You don't know where to eat. Like, everything is new. Like, everything's so new. And so I remember, we, you know, like, when we go and, and we travel and go to new cities, we always turn on the GPS. And how many of you are like me? When you turn on the GPS, you still, like, you have it on, but really, like, you're directing yourself. Like, you're like, I'm, I know better. I know where to turn. I'm going to turn where I want to turn. Like, just stubborn. I'm just really stubborn. That's what it is. And so we turn on the GPS, and it's like 500 feet. Turn right. But then there's right, there's like a right right there, so you think that the GPS is lagging. And so you, like, you make a right immediately instead of waiting 500 feet. Come on. Anybody, has you guys ever done that? And so you always do that. Like, I always do that. I'm like, man. And then they have to reroute you, and you just go in circles, and you're going circles, and it's like, ah, you get frustrated. I mean, if you use Siri, um, if you use Siri or Apple Maps, terrible, just terrible. I learned my, my, that lesson the hard way. Google Maps is the way to go. I love iPhones, but Google Maps, totally. Come on. So I'd always do that, and I'm, I'd always like, okay, like, well, I know. This doesn't, this is 500 feet, but it's really like, and maybe it's lagging. Maybe it's really this right here. So you choose to go your own way. You choose to do what you want to do. And then it ends up you going in circles and just, you kind of just keep going around. And like, it's like this continual thing. You get lost and then you just keep waiting for navigation to direct you, but then it never happens. And so I remember that. And I feel like that's a lot of times that's us with God. That's a simple picture of us with God. We want to navigate our own lives. We want to do our own thing. We want to go our own way. And we end up going in circles, wondering why we're in the same pitfall, wondering why we're still frustrated, 
wondering why things aren't working out for us. We just keep going in circles. I just imagine, like, just me like this. Like, God's just looking up in heaven like, what, is they, what are they doing? You're just going in circles like this. Like, what are they doing? But that's how life could be sometimes. We just keep going in circles and circles and circles. And so sometimes we, we can be misguided. We can be misguided. But God is like, in, in, in this perspective, in this analogy, God is like GPS. Or he wants to be like GPS in our lives. He's like, I want you to seek me. I have the direction of your life. I know the beginning to the end. I know everything in between. I know what's going to happen, but I need you to guide me or seek me. And I need to guide you into where you need to be. I want to guide you. Like, that's the beauty of it. It's not like he wants us to get lost. Like, some of us think, like, it's on purpose. Like, he wants us to be lost and, like, miserable and in pain. And, like, I think about the children of Israel, how they just wandered for years. For years and years and years, they were just wandering for 45-plus years, being lost. And God's just like, what? They're not seeking me. Like, what's happening? They're going their own way. They're now free, but they're going their own way. And I feel like that's a lot of times that's us. Like, we just want to go our own way. We want to do our own thing. We're just in circles. Just continuing to do our own thing. But God's saying, no, like, seek me. Seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and I will navigate, and I will order your steps. I love how it says in Psalms, our steps of, uh, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So that means God wants to direct our steps. God wants to lead us and guide us. But we have to first seek him in everything that we do. That's our goal. We have to seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I'm going to have the band come up. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, it says this. And it's the beginning text. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Aren't you worth more than they? God is saying you're worth more than the birds of the field. You're worth more than the animals I created. You're worth more. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to your lifespan by worrying? Can any of us add one more moment to our lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? God's saying, don't worry about those things. What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Everybody shout first. Come on, say it. Say it with conviction. Seek first. Say it first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Isn't that good to know? That we don't have to worry about the things that are happening tomorrow, but we can choose to be in this day and that God cares about today. 
He's not concerned about tomorrow. He's concerned about today and what you're doing in your life today. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Perhaps what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, is that in our worry, we can lose sight. In our fear, we can lose sight. In our frustration, we can lose sight. In our anxiety, we can lose sight. And all the things that are happening in our lives that are negative, we can lose sight of what is really important. Of what really matters. That's why this series is called The Violence of Good. What if we as a church were so violent in the pursuit of seeking God and loving people that every time we go out and step foot into the spaces and places of life, that every life around us was changed. What if we were so violent in our actions of loving people and seeing them right where they are and loving them through their dysfunction, loving them through their shame, and loving them to Jesus? What if? What if we had the mentality of seeking first the kingdom of God? What could happen in our lives? It can affect our city. It could change our city. We did this on purpose, the violence of good. We, did, we, we entitled that on purpose because we want to be violent in the pursuit of seeking God. We want to be violent in the pursuit of changing the city. We want to be violent in the pursuit of loving people and seeing them right where they are. Meeting them right where they are and saying, you don't have to be perfect. It's not about perfection, but it's about a process with him. It's about meeting people right where they are and loving them. Loving their hurts, loving their insecurities, loving their pain, loving their shame, loving everything that Jesus died on the cross for them for. It's about seeing them right where they are and loving them on purpose. So church, I want you to leave out of here knowing first that God is for you. But also, he wants you to seek him. He wants you to know him. He desires a relationship with you. Can we stand in this moment? And so know that. Know that we can be so violent in our pursuit of seeking people. And we can change the city for the kingdom of God. A kingdom perspective. Somebody shout kingdom. Somebody shout perspective. Kingdom perspective is what we should have.